the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's lessons are united by the theme of humility, the virtue that stands opposite of the deadly sin of pride. Pride is the chief of the deadly sins because every sin involves pride in some way. To covet or lust, for example, is to pridefully presume that I have a right to take something that is not mine or that belongs to someone else. Anger results when my pride has been wounded. Humility works in all virtues in the same way. For example, humility enables me to be grateful for what I have and content with what I have and also grateful for what God has given to others at the same time. Humility takes no offense and therefore does not get angry. Instead, humility prays for the attacker. Humility is rooted in two paradoxical truths. The first is that each of us is small and afflicted by sin. Each of us is one of almost 8 billion people alive on the planet today and a greater number that's ever lived. Each of us has sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The second truth is that Jesus Christ died to redeem each one of us. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for thee, for you in particular, because God values you as a person. God has given you a unique measure of his Holy Spirit. He knows you personally. We are members of the body of Christ and heirs of God's kingdom. Thus, we are small, dependent creatures with infinite value. Pride grows out of comparison, and humility grows out of collaboration. Humility understands that each person, each member of the body of Christ is a valuable part of the body, and that the body needs all the parts to work well. In the world, we are valued in comparison with others. How do our test scores, salaries, and achievements match up? Are we as talented or attractive as our rival? This comparison sneaks even into the church. Is our ministry as successful as that of another church? <clears throat> Is my ministry getting as much attention and recognition as someone else's? Comparative valuation is rooted in the demonic lie that life is a zero-sum game. My good competes with your good so that I must take from you or be better than you to get the affirmation I need. Humility removes us from competition with others and enables us instead to love. Humility understands that God loves each person uniquely and is able to give to each person exactly what each person needs. The good that God has given to you <clears throat> is in harmony with the good that God has given to me. This harmony can be difficult to embrace at times. When God's good for me is experienced, 
through his faithfulness in my suffering, it is hard not to look at envy at another for whom God's good is experienced through prosperity and flourishing. This is why we must work at humility. We must work at being grateful for what God has given to others. We must work at trusting that, as Romans 8.28 says, God works in all things for good in my own life. We must trust, Psalm 126.6 says, he who goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing and bringing his sheaves with him, which means as we, in our sorrow and sadness, continue to do God's will, we trust that God has good in store for us. Humility enables us to experience God's love as grace. Grace is freely given, not deserved. We would not deserve God's grace even if we had never sinned. The very virtue we would boast of is itself a gift from God. We cannot merit anything from him who gives all of life to us as a gift. We can only give thanks for his grace, which is experienced both in the forgiveness of our sins and in the gift of virtue, the gift of being like him. A sense of merit and the need for recognition keeps us from receiving God's grace. In the gospel, each person jockeyed for a better seat in order to be seen as more important than the others in the room. Consequently, none of them were able to see or experience God's grace. Their pride blinded them to the very presence of the Son of God in their midst and also to the image of God in the man with the dropsy. This leads to a meditation. How often does our pride, our need to compete for status and attention, blind us to the presence of Jesus in circumstances of our lives and blind us to the presence of the image of God in others. Jesus counsels us to be content with the lowest seat, not because we are unworthy of a higher seat, but because humility knows its true value and doesn't care where it sits. Humility can rejoice in taking the lower seat and allowing others to be exalted and also in being called up higher by God. Humility knows that our value in God's sight cannot be augmented or diminished by human recognition or slight. It is sometimes assumed that humility implies a lack of confidence, and this is exactly the opposite of the truth. Pride is a falsely exalted sense of self, a false confidence, but pride can also be present in a falsely negative view of self. For example, if I think that I am so bad that God cannot forgive me, I exalt my own opinion of myself over God's word, which tells me that Christ died for my sins also. 
the sin of pride is every bit as present in the gutter as it is in the penthouse. Humility leads to an accurate self-assessment. If God has given us abilities that are formidable, humility doesn't mean pretending that we aren't really any good. I remember a scene from an old Star Trek episode. Spock, the logical Vulcan, was squared off against an adversary. Spock counseled his opponent not to engage him in the battle, saying, I am well able to defeat you. He was not guilty of pride. His statement was not uttered to intimidate or cover up some insecurity. It was, in fact, a statement of truth that was borne out in the subsequent skirmish. The New Testament presents Jesus as the model of humility. Though he is God, he humbled himself to become man. Yet the humble Jesus is supremely confident. He was not afraid of any adversary, and he confidently predicted that he would defeat Satan, sin, and death on the cross. He confidently predicted that God the Father would raise him from the dead and vindicate him. Humility is confident in the word of God and in the power of God. Since what God says will come to pass, and since God will fulfill his promises, this humble confidence is rooted in the truth. Pride places its confidence in human strength and plans. Since these are <clears throat> uncertain and unreliable, pride masks an inner lack of confidence. The more I feel I must convince you that I am great, the less I really believe it. Humility remembers that God is not only the source of all talents and gifts, but also the source <clears throat> of the grace to use those talents and gifts in the right way. God-given talents and gifts can be used for the glory of God and for the good of others, and they can also be used poorly for our own good and at the expense of others. As 1 Corinthians 13 says, Though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. We must remain in a state of prayerful communion with God. We must, as St. Paul says, walk in love to use our gifts and talents in the right way. Humility is essential to the unity of the church. The world seeks equality, but the church seeks unity. The ideal of equality presumes a comparative evaluation and inevitably leads to a power struggle. Unity presumes that a healthy body of Christ requires each member to be at his or her very best. This leads each member to desire and work for the best for the other. The epistle today highlights the ideal of unity. It says, there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And it reminds us 
that it is our Christian vocation to cultivate this unity through the practice of humility. As St. Paul writes, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all humility and meekness, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For as Jesus said, he who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.